Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Can I ask you, if you're willing and able, would you like to stand, please? We're going to start this morning by singing and shouting our praises and opening up our hearts and pouring out our praises to God.
sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for His Sing for the freedom He has won. Even death is dead and done. His life. children and young people to go downstairs. As Karen said, if you've not been with us before and you're not sure where to go, typically out of that door, follow the crowd.
stay in that attitude of worship. I, I feel the Father's got an invitation for us this morning. 
Now, as I've been standing over there, the sun's been breaking through into the room, just a little shaft of sunlight coming in. And I found if I moved, I could either be in the sun or I could be out of the sun. And, you know, how we crave sunshine at this time of year, or at least I crave sunshine at this time of year, I chose to stand in the sun. And as I stood in the sunshine, I felt the Father say it's an invitation for each and every one of us today. You've got a choice. We can either stand in the goodness of the grace and mercy of God and enjoy his love poured out on us, his mercy poured out over us, or we can step into the shadow. And that may be caused by fear or pain or hurt or all sorts of other things, the the sense of cost. And we go into relative darkness and we don't enjoy the warmth of the love of God. And Jesus has come that each and every one of us, regardless of our circumstances, can walk in the love of God. Whether that's something you've never done but you want to do today or whether that's something you've been doing like some in this room for 40, 50, 60 years of their lives. But also it's a daily choice we need to be making to stay in the love of God, to stay in the grace of God, to enjoy fellowship with him. So I feel the invitation of the Father is, which one's it going to be today? Do you want to come? Are you going to step in? I want to encourage us, friends, let's step into the love of God. Let's choose to step into the goodness of God, to the grace of God, to the mercy of God, that he comes and encounters us wherever we're at, whatever's going on in our lives. We're going to head back into worship. We're not sure where we're going next, but can I encourage us, let's give ourselves to him and delight ourselves in him.
Isn't that the truth? Good, good father. We're loved by him. And uh, Andrew's already shared something this morning. Um, just say, yeah, take seats, folks. Uh, thank you, Ben. Um, so, you know, as a church, we fully believe that God speaks today, that he, you know, he gives us pictures and words for our encouragement to challenge us, to transform us, to let us know that we're loved, that he's a good father. And uh, I just want, I've got a, a f- before we uh, move on to welcoming a few folk into membership, I've got a, a couple of words I'd like to share. And Helen just wanted to share something off of the back of what Andrew said. So I'm going to ask Helen to come up. Um, yes, it's just to do with the light and dark thing. Um, we sang about light of the world at, right at the beginning, and then Andrew talked about being in the sun and being in the dark. Um, but during that first song, I'm, I would really love to pray with people at the end who, are, who find the night difficult, um, whether it's fear or anxiety or whatever, that Lord is, is Lord of the night as well. Thank you. So, yeah, please do. You can either Helen pray for you or you can grab someone you came in with if you, if you feel more comfortable with them. But God is Lord of the night. Um, so a couple of words I wanted to share. The first one is for folk who may be feeling worthless, rejected, not loved. And uh, I, I was reminded of right at the start of the Bible, where it talks about God creating all things. In Genesis 1, verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. And I felt God just wanted to remind a few folk, God created you in his image. You are not a mistake. He loves you. You know, you are not worthless. You are so costly to him. He sent his son to die for you. And so, yeah, he died for you. You're created in his image. And uh, the second one was for maybe for some folk who feel they've got nothing to bring to the church. You know, they've got no talents, no abilities. Uh, you know, they're feeling you know, they, they, they've got nothing, no uh, talents as the word. Is the word the Bible uses. And I, I was again reminded of a passage in Scripture, which is John 6, verse 9, which is the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and it says, Jesus is asking his disciples, how do we feed all these people? And they, the passage is, here is a boy with five small loaves and two small fishes. And the majority of you already know, in that uh, passage of scripture, Jesus multiplies the talents, you know, and thousands are fed, and there's still some left over. And I, I felt God wanted to say to those who may be struggling with what they feel they can bring to serving God, it doesn't need to be much. Yeah. Two, they weren't even big loaves, they were small loaves, and they were small fishes. But the little boy bought them, and God multiplied them. And so, you know, I just felt that if you're struggling with what you can bring to God, or how you can serve him, bring what you've got, and God will multiply it. And uh, if, if those 
any of that and what Helen brought as well is something that's stirring you, you know, we would love to pray for you. Please come here and grab us afterwards or someone who you came in with or life group leader. But please do deal with these issues you know, if, if you're struggling with them. Pray them through. Seek God for help in them. Okay. So we're going to be, you know, th this is a great time to, as we welcome new folk into the church. And uh, I'd just like to, I'm feeling very lonely up here, so I'd like to invite uh, those folk who are coming into membership, uh, if you're able, to come up to the front now. just say that we've got uh, a lovely couple, Peter and Caroline, who are just going to literally stand up, aren't you? And then sit down again and wave. These guys are joining us as well in membership. Um, now, membership, it's not about filling in a form and uh, you know, being on the books. Actually, membership is a heart commitment to us as a church. Uh, th these are folk who want to share our vi vision, share our values. They're, they're here to support us and they want us to support them. And that's what membership is about, doing church life together. And so uh, I'm going to keep it very quick and simple um, this morning. I've already uh, briefed a few folk. But uh, actually, yeah, so we're going to start at this end. Okay, so, and, hello. Right, I've just got a few questions for you guys. Very simple questions. Okay, so can you give your names? I'm Jackie Nelson. And I'm Tony Nelson. Great, there you go. Okay, where do you live? Uh, we live in Hollybourne. Hollybourne. Side Alton. Brilliant. Okay. And how long have you been coming to Harvest Church? About 18 months. Brilliant. And then here, here's the tricky one. Okay. One thing you like about Harvest Church. Each, not a shared one. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got two. Okay. Um, sung worship and prayer meetings. Brilliant. Tony? And uh, I really like the strategy. I, I, I think it's got a great strategy, and we look forward to being a part of uh, yeah, bringing that about. Brilliant. Okay. As I say, it's very simple. Names? Is it the same, or are they different? Yeah, well, <laughs> you can use their names as well if you like, but uh, we'd prefer to hear yours. Emily Young. Uh, I'm George Young. Okay. And uh, any other family here? Yes. <laughs> Uh, we had dancing Matilda at the front this morning, and Casper uh, trying to get up the stairs. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, and you live where? We live in Alton. Um, we live um, about 10 minutes walking that direction. Brilliant. Okay, and how long have you been coming to Harvest Church? Uh, just, uh, just under a year, I think. A year and one week. A year and one week. A year and one week. <laughs> Very precise. With Brilliant. precision. Yeah. And then one thing or two, but keep them short. Things you like about Harvest Church? 
Uh, well, I think e everyone struck us as being incredibly helpful. The first time we came, um, the week after that, our central heating broke. Uh, and then everyone was so helpful bringing radiators and you know fans and all sort of stuff over to us that we thought we'd better go back. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it just continued to impress us with how supportive and, uh, and wonderful everyone's been. Yeah, and I think, um, I think it's very much the people in the community for us, but the energy, the enthusiasm, and the spirit that's here um, has very much attracted us, and we're happy to be part of the community. Brilliant. Okay. You go, guys. Okay. I think you know it now, but I'll go. Names? Yes, well, my name is Jose. Um, my name is Eida. Okay, and you've got some family... Yes, we got an 11 years old daughter, which is in the Sunday school, and our my father-in-law is over there recording. Brilliant. Okay, and you live where? Uh, we live in Borden. Brilliant. So we've got Hollyborn, Alton, Borden, and I believe you guys are Alsford way, aren't you? Alsford as well. So all spread around. That's fantastic. And how long have you been coming to Harvest Church? Around one year. Around one year. About a year. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And one thing you like about Harvest Church? Well, one thing is I see that Jesus is at the center of the church. Uh, the sound doctrine in the preaching, full of the Holy Spirit. Um, the worship team mm. as well, full of the Holy Spirit. And how welcome we felt since day one. And our small group with Ron and Margaret as well. Brilliant. That's great. Fantastic. Okay. So, I mean, that's... That's it, really. You found out about them. These folk will be joining us. It's fantastic, isn't it? Let's give them a round of applause. Um, so now is my opportunity to give a plug for our next membership course, uh, which is Saturday, the 25th of February, under two weeks away. It's uh, so morning lunch and slightly into the afternoon it's an opportunity if you would like to find out more about what we believe as a church um, you can meet the leadership and it's a free lunch as well so uh, if you like to come please sign up we do need sign ups this morning uh, there should be a clipboard somewhere over that way okay so please do sign up if you'd like to come or come and ask me if you'd like a bit more information so uh, yes yeah, so we've got a lot of folk coming in and I've asked Helen to come and pray for these folk. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to pray a blessing actually from our little book, um, which has our vision in. And I think, Emily, you mentioned the vision of the church. And I'm just going to pray this as a blessing for you guys um, going forward. Lord, I pray that um, these folk up the front here on stage would know who they are in God that they are loved children of God and followers of Jesus, that they are empowered by God's Holy Spirit to share God's life-transforming love with others in Alton and beyond. We thank you for them, Lord, and pray you bless them. Amen. That's brilliant. Great. Thank you, guys. It's wonderful. Thanks for coming up. And. Uh, Right, so I'm going to hand over to Nathan, who's going to share God's word with us. Wonderful. Good morning. It's good to be together. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I love that I'm sitting next to you. 
Great. Well, it's really good to be together this morning, and uh, it's lovely to welcome new uh, people amongst us. And if you're here for the first time, it's great to have you with us as well. We love having guests amongst us, and we hope that you feel at home. Uh, just to start with, a, just a massive personal thank you. Um, Juliana and I have been so encouraged and um, so, um, yeah, thankful for the love that has been shown towards us uh, since we shared our news last Sunday evening. It's meant so much to us. And um, if you weren't around last Sunday, you want to wondering what on earth are you talking about, Nathan? There is a link available to last Sunday's church meeting and um, speak to myself or Karen and we'd love to get that link uh, out to you. Just to mention, I think any change can unsettle us. And not only those who are going through the change, but the change that comes and impacts other people as well. I just want to encourage us, actually, at this time, let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Whether actually you're going, great, that's really good news, or you're going, this is awful. We just want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus together. That's our call as brothers and sisters in Christ, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to love him, to serve him, to enjoy him. This morning, we are carrying on our preaching series, Walking with God. And as elders, we have really have this great desire for us as a church, that as individuals and together as a church, that we would walk closely with God. I hope that's your desire too. Why? Because when we walk closely with God, we are fulfilling what we were created for. That each of us would be more satisfied by Jesus, that we would be more peaceful that would be more joyful, that we'd be more content through suffering, that we bring God more glory through our lives, and that we would be more obedient in following God. Summed up, walking with God does us good, brings God glory, and impacts the world around us. But this is more than Sunday meetings. This is more than a prayer meeting or or gathering on a Sunday Our desire is that each of us would seek God and know God, no matter how young or old we are, throughout the week, throughout the rest of the days of our life. That we would know his presence and delight and grow in him, in obedience, in reading and understanding God's word, as Sean pointed us towards last week, in being filled with the Holy Spirit, as we heard about two weeks ago, and just enjoying God. Meeting with God isn't safe for Sunday meetings, but our Sundays together should be an overflow of all that God's doing in us throughout the week. And while that sounds wonderful, and you might be going, yeah, that sounds great, Nathan, maybe that isn't our experience for some or for many of us here. That might not be our daily experience. And I think we'd all agree that we are not as fruitful as a church or as individuals as we long to be. I long for the day when Harvest Church is seeing people saved week after week after week. That we are regularly baptizing people. That strongholds and bad habits are being broken. That lives are being fruitful. That the love of God is being taken from this community right here out into the community around us. That we are being more sacrificial in the way that we live, pointing people to a great love and great sacrifice that Jesus has already made. So some of that is happening, but why is that not all happening? What's stopping us? This morning, I want to help us to recognize that and understand that the world we live in 
sorry, that I want to help us to recognize and understand the world that we live in today. How we can walk with God in the world, being aware that we face an enemy with tricks up his sleeve, but that Jesus points us towards a way to be fruitful and a way to be protected from the enemy. This morning isn't a means of scaring us, but it is my hope that each of us would be equipped and strengthened in faith and fruitfulness as we look to Jesus. And so we're going to start this morning's preach with looking to Jesus and looking at a prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples in John 17 to understand what we are facing and to understand what has Jesus called us to do. In John 17, we read of Jesus' prayer for his 12 disciples sent into the world, but not of the world, of the need of the Father's protection, but also the need for his disciples to be sanctified by the word, to be drenched and changed by the truth. As I said, this was a prayer for his 12 disciples, but actually we see so much of what Jesus prayed for them throughout the rest of Scripture that we can apply these truths and principles of it to ourselves as well today. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to John 17. It's going to come up on the uh, screen as well. John 17 and verse 11. This is halfway through his prayer. And he says, Jesus prays, I will remain in the world no longer, but they, that's the disciples, are still in the world And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name that you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. It's talking about Judas. I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Sounds good, doesn't it? I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for what you've already been doing amongst us. We thank you for fixing our eyes on you and reminding us of your great love. God, we pray as we just spend a few moments this morning just looking at these verses, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that you'd strengthen us. Help us to concentrate, Lord God. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear what you want to say to us as individuals and us as a church. And give us faith, Lord, to respond to you. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 11 starts with Jesus saying, they are in the world. Friends, in case you haven't noticed, we are in the world. Now, it's easy to think, well, yeah, of course, Nathan, we live on planet Earth, but what is this world that we're talking about? Well, we live in a world, a world that is fallen by sin, a world full of unbelief and cynicism. We live in a world that chooses anything over Jesus and promotes anything 
but Jesus. We live in a world where the battle to follow Jesus is real and is hard. And we must be aware that we're in a battle. But what is the battle that we're in? Well, obviously, there's firstly that battle for our souls, that Jesus wants to come and win the battle for our souls, that we would respond to him and say, yes, Jesus, I want to trust you. I want to follow you. I want to live my life for you. I accept your, your sacrifice is enough for me. I accept that you died in my place. But what other battles do we face, particularly as believers? Well, Satan wants to distort our clarity on truth. He wants to lead us away from the Bible and question what God really says. In Genesis 3 verse 1, just after God's created the world and all that, uh, all the animals and the um, created man and woman, it says in verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Right at the very beginning, the enemy comes to Adam and Eve and wants to distort the truth. Did God really say? It's kind of like a half-truth he mentions. Kind of mentions part of it, but not the full picture. And we can ask ourselves, well, what are the did God really say of today for us? Did God really say that all can receive the Holy Spirit? Did God really say that marriage is only for one man and one woman? Did God really say that I am loved unconditionally? That I can be forgiven? Did God really say that he knows me and my thoughts? We must know the truth, friends, and be set free by the truth. Not allowing the enemy to deceive us with lies or half-truths. What other battles do we face? Well, we face a battle against cultural agendas, fighting for our minds and hearts. And we're going to look into more of this in the following weeks. Fighting for our hearts and minds in issues on sexuality, on gender, on identity. As Sean mentioned last week, culture tries to shape our view. But as believers, we must be shaped by the Bible. As we hold on to the Bible as truth. If we don't, everything else falls apart. The Bible is our foundation. It's our rock. I was thinking about this in, this week. It's our metronome. If you uh, see the band playing on a Sunday, just kind of the drummer's got a click in his ear that he might kind of hear what is the beat that it needs to go to. Click, 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 click. Keeps the rest of the band on track. And it's the same for us with the Bible. Actually, we want to be staying click with the Bible of what the Bible's saying, what the Bible's speaking to us about. It's our metronome. Our battle is not only for our minds, but our hearts. In Matthew 6, 21, Jesus talks about where our treasure is, there our heart is also. That's not just to do with money, but that can be about our time. That can be about our attention. Where do we sow it? Where do we sow our money? Where do we sow our time? Where do we sow our attention? It could be our kids, our jobs, our studies, our sexuality, our future our identity, our retirement plans. If we're putting those things first, our heart is full of those things. And there's no room for Christ. When we put Jesus first and his kingdom, everything else is put in a right order and taken care of by him. We can read about that in Matthew 6, verse 33. I was actually reminded 
uh, of this illustration recently, and I shared it with someone, I felt God just speak to me and say that's for them. But as I was preparing this, I felt like God remind me again. And uh, I was recently driving from home uh, to the Maltings for a meeting, and um, I've been, it's only about a seven-minute journey, but I've been driving for five minutes, and I suddenly realized for those five minutes, I'd been listening to nursery rhymes nonstop. There were no children in the car, but I was still listening, and worse, I was singing along. If you're happy and you know, I've just been caught up. I suddenly realized it. I went, what on earth am I doing? I can listen to anything I want. Rare thing. And then I thought, even better, I can listen to nothing. So I just had silence for the last two minutes. I've become so used to those songs in the background that it just become the thing that I just sung along to. It was just background noise. And more than that, I was singing along. We are in a spiritual battle, but we can so easily end up singing the song of the world because it's all that's around us. We're surrounded by it every day, and we forget that we're called to something greater, freedom in Christ, a kingdom of truth and of grace. What song are you singing along to? What song am I singing along to? Verse 14 goes on to say, Jesus prays, I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world. As we live in the world, aware that the world uh, isn't running after Jesus like we'd hope, we have been given a great gift by God, his word, all the kindness of God to give us the Bible. What a gift. The Bible teaches us that we are called to love our enemies, Matthew 5.44, to be a light in this world, Matthew 5.14. But as Jesus prays, that doesn't mean we will all be light or love by all. We will face persecution, 1 Peter 3.14. We will face trials, James 1 verse 12. And we will face opposition, Matthew 10.22. See, the Bible is dividing. The gospel is offensive as it calls you to leave your life at the cross and follow Jesus's way. It calls us to lay down our own identity and to pick up a new identity in Jesus. No matter who we are or what we've done, we all start there. It goes against completely against the culture that we live in of self-help, of self-love, and of me focus. The enemy wants to bring us down and wants to make us unfruitful. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We have been given God's word for fruitfulness, for truth defining, for comfort and encouragement. To follow Jesus is not the path of most Instagram likes or TikTok followers. It's not a path where all of our neighbors will love us always as much as we'd like them to. No, we will face opposition when we share the truth. Why? Because the message we've been entrusted with points people to repentance and to faith in Jesus, of wrath but grace, of a realization that we are each deep in need of God and cannot achieve life by our own merit, graft, or talent. It completely goes against the way that the world wants to uh, lead us to. Verse 15, 
I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. We have an enemy and one we need protection from. Satan, the devil, is described by Jesus like this in John chapter 8, verse 44. The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The enemy comes to deceive us, to lie to us, to lead us to destruction. Satan's plan for each of us is to do us harm in whatever way he can, to lead us away from the purposes of God. Now, there's a lot that we could focus on at this time and, and look at that, but particularly in a digital age right now, what are the, some of the things that we need protection from as believers? Well, whilst many apps and devices can be used for great good, things like Netflix, endless apps on our phones and social media have the power to disarm us as believers as well, if we're not careful. With the endless distraction available, drawing us away from the relationship and focus that we could have on God. We face a battle for truth in the media. We live in an age of fake news, of agenda-driven media, of forceful advertisement, ad, I can't even say the word, advertisement, of social media's algorithms for filling our social media feeds with certain messages or promoting certain products. The BBC reported last year that people are spending an average of four hours and 48 minutes on their phone a day. Four hours and 48 minutes a day. That's roughly a third of our waking day. People spend a daily average of around an hour and 15 minutes on TikTok, of two hours and 30 minutes on Facebook. That's just naming a couple of the different apps. I wonder if we can put, yeah, great. Thank you, Sarah. I found this quite shocking. Just kind of on an average lifetime, the things that we spend our time doing. I found that second to bottom one, eight years and four months of our average lifetime is spent watching TV. Six years and eight months is spent using social media. It made me go, wow, I can so easily just spend my time doing these things, and yet I'm wasting so much time. I, uh, I read this book about six years ago, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, and it was brilliant. Here's some of the the headings, 12 ways your phone is changing you. We are addicted to distraction. We crave immediate approval. We get lonely. We lose meaning. We fear missing out. We become harsh to one another. We lose our place in time. So do we all get rid of our phones and our certain apps? Do we just go, right, that's it, gone, out we go, we don't need that. Well, for some of us, you might go, yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. But actually, for many of us, that is not the answer. Actually, we need to think about what's helpful, and we need to be aware of the battle that we face. So how can we check if the media we're using or watching is helpful? Here's some quest helpful questions to be asking. Is what I'm using causing fear in me? Is this causing anger or a complaining heart in me? 
Is this causing division? Is this distracting me from what God is calling me to? Ultimately, does this line up with the Bible? Is it truth? Is it good? Is it edifying? In John 15, Jesus speaks of himself as the vine, and we are the branches attached to him. As we remain in him, we are fruitful. As we stay close and feed off him, we're protected from the ways of the world. The key, though, is to remain in him. The world is going to come against the church time and time again, challenging our views, challenging our ways. Let's stay close to the vine. Let us stick to the truth of his word. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit that we might shine like stars as we hold firmly to the word of life. Verse 17 goes on to say, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Friends, the good news is that we have been given weapons to fight a spiritual battle. We've been given God's word, as we heard about last week. God's word feeds our souls, gives us a firm foundation, and helps us to know how to live in the culture that we find ourselves in. Not swayed this way or that way as views and culture changes. Ephesians 6 tells us that we're in a battle that we need to be equipped. Rob actually put these notes together during the week of prayer, and I've got uh, a bunch of copies down here if you want one. Just going through actually what is the armor of God and how does it help us? What are the battles that we face with and use each of the weapons of the armor of God for? Friends, we need to put on the full armor of God. We need it all, not just some, unless we're going to be left weak in certain areas and vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. We need to put on the belt of truth, bringing support to us. We need to put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect our heart. We need feet fitted with the gospel of peace, ready to move. We need the shield of faith to defend against fear. We need the helmet of salvation to protect the mind. We need the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to attack the enemy's lies. And we need to pray always that we would stay in relationship with God, that we would walk with God. Finally, Jesus says in verse 18, I have sent them into the world. As we wrap up and respond, it's important to remember that we have been called and sent into the world. Therefore, go. We're not called to fear or isolation. We're called by Jesus into the world to be ambassadors for Christ, to affect culture and not be shaped by culture ourselves. As I referred to earlier in John 15, we are the branches attached to the vine. Remain in Jesus. To be fruitful, remain in Jesus. To be protected, remain in Jesus. To be all that God's called us to be, remain in Jesus. Remain in his word. In the one he promised would come and fill us, the Holy Spirit. Remain close to Jesus. Let him shape us. Let him fill us, teach us, strengthen us, protect us. He'll provide all that we need for the battle if we remain in him. Perhaps this morning you realize that actually 
For you personally, you may have been swayed by the world or are chasing, finding yourself just chasing after the things of the world, the, world the, the things the world promotes, anything but Jesus. And this morning, you, even through the worship time, you're feeling that call of, I, I want to I come to Jesus. I want to come to him. I want to come to this God who loves me unconditionally. If actually we'd love to pray for you, maybe if you're sitting next to someone that brought you, they could pray with you, or someone who's spoken down the front this morning, we'd love to pray with you. Earlier I shared that little story about listening to the nursery rhymes in my car, that background noise. What's the song that we're singing? Are we singing along to the song of the world in the background, or are we singing our song for Jesus? Are we singing the song of love and compassion to the world around us? Are we singing, not with judgment, but grace? We've been sent into the world because there is a world that needs to hear the message of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm sending you. A message of love, truth, and grace. Jesus wants us to hold firmly to the truth. When the battle around us is going on, hold firmly to the truth, but take the message of grace the message of compassion, the message of love to the world around us. Let's pray, and then I'm going to hand back over. Jesus, we thank you for your great passion for us. We thank you for your great love towards us. We thank you for your heart's desire to protect us and to lead us and to shape us. And this morning, Lord God, I pray for each of us that we would process what we've looked at this morning, Lord God, and and come before you with faith that you're with us, that you're for us, not against us, that you want to protect us, and that you want us to shine brightly in the world that you've placed us in. Help us, Lord, to be shaped by your word. Lord, help us, even this week, I pray, Lord God, for moments where we pick up your word and just read a couple of verses. Help us, Lord God, this week to be coming to you again and again and saying, fill me, Holy Spirit, how I need you. Help us to remain in you, King Jesus. Help us to feed off you. I pray against any fear in this room right now, Lord God. I pray that we would not fear the world or fear the tactics of the enemy, but God, our trust and our faith would be in you. That we would find fresh strength this morning, Lord God, in you. Bless us as a church, we pray, Lord God. Make us very fruitful, we ask, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Well, God's really been speaking to us this morning. I think he's inviting us all to consider what he wants next, what he wants us to do. So as we leave, let's just not tick a box and say, right, that's it. Let's really dig into God and come before him and say, God, what are you saying? Uh, We've been reminded from Helen, if you've got a fear of night or anxiety and unable to sleep, or Andrew in the light and Sean uh, feeling that you've got nothing to bring, Seek prayer, uh, because that will help us process. We're here for one another. We're here to support one another and bring each other 
into a closer relationship with God. So as we do conclude, if this is your first time with us, it's been so great having you amongst us. We really hope you've enjoyed your time with us. As mentioned earlier, hopefully when you came in, you would have received our welcome pack, which looks a bit like this. And inside of that, you will find a connect card. Uh, if I could just ask you to fill that in, that's just so helpful, just so we can connect with you, you can connect with us, and we can start helping one another as to where we may go on your, your journey and our journey with God. Once you've completed it, if you can either hand it to somebody in our welcome team who are one wearing yellow shirts and the lovely new purple hoodies, or pop it in the gift and offering box over on the table, that would be really helpful. Well, I'm sure we all love talking with, with friends and family and everything else. Well, on Tuesday evening this week, we have a opportunity to talk to Father God as we come together for our hour of prayer. It's eight o'clock here at all mortings and everyone is welcome. We'd love to see you here uh, to join one another, to encourage one another and to pray for those things that God is putting on our hearts. Anything else you want to know about the, what's going on here? please check out the update. If you're not receiving the update, please come and speak to one of us that has spoken this morning or come and speak to me and we'll uh, get that sorted for you. Uh, refreshments will be served over there to my left, your right. And parents, you've got approximately two minutes of freedom before we ask you to go and collect your children. So make the most of that and uh, hopefully we'll see you all during the week or next Sunday. Thank you very much.